0: so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Bring on the thunderstorms is all I can say. We had a lovely one yesterday, it was great. I wish we were already at the end of summer, but unfortunately the hot weather carries on. I am far too ginger for this, but maybe someone will start installing AC in UK houses soon. I really hope that becomes a reality. Anyway, We are heading over to somewhere even hotter this week and popping back over to South America, very specifically the Andes Mountains, for a really horrible monster, and honestly I think this one might be our grossest yet. Yes, it's the Pishtaco from Andean folklore. Now before we start on the monster, I just want to clarify what I mean with Andean and Andes in terms of countries within this region. So this would mean Peru, chile colombia ecuador argentina bolivia and venezuela which are all spanish-speaking countries within south america however they also speak Quechua, which is another language spoken throughout the region and is a native language of the incan civilization which i think is pretty cool it's spoken by about 8 million people within this region so it is very much an indigenous language However, with this monster this week, it's most prevalent within the Peruvian and Bolivian areas of the Andes. The Pishtaco is generally described as a white man with a beard and a large brimmed hat. They are usually found wearing some kind of professional uniform, such as a full suit, a priest's vestments, or even an archaeologist's kind of get-up. This person is usually described as a foreigner, and will act like a usual tourist during the day, only eating westernised food rather than local dishes, not speaking quechua and roaming around looking very busy with lots of expensive equipment and books, normally in a car. They are very often found around graveyards during the day looking for bones, which they use to crush up into a magical bone dust. They use this to put their victims to sleep before murdering them, So you should know that this is a very, I'm going to say bloodthirsty monster, but you'll know why that's technically inaccurate, although thirsty tends to summarise it quite well, in a moment. Now after dark, the monster fully reveals itself. Although there is no physical change to its appearance, it will start to hide in dark alleyways, mines, wooded areas and quiet roads for victims. They wait here until an unsuspecting local or native has passed, and then they attack. But what is it they're after, you may ask? And why did I make a bloodthirsty comment earlier and then correct myself? Well, this monster realistically has no abnormal powers. It makes itself a monster rather than just a weird serial killer urban myth by its diet. The Pish Taco survives by eating human fat. Not blood, body fat. See the bloodthirsty comment making sense now. During an attack, the monster would throw that bone dust we mentioned at the victim, which makes them sleep, and then they take them home, slit their throats, or decapitate them. Once that's done, they melt down the body fat and either suck it right out of them or pop it into jars. They either keep this for themselves or they sell it. Now, some of the pishtakos are so good at extracting fat. But they don't even need to kill the victim and the victim will leave but get very sick over the next few days and then eventually die within a week with no visible cause of death. However, they don't ever tend to remember the experience with the Pishtako themselves. It's also noted that pishtacos do not usually work alone and will have human lackeys to help them find their victims for cash, which is pretty disturbing. Their most common victims are men, however women are usually sexually harassed instead by the monster, or even sometimes imprisoned and farmed for their fat. But who would want to buy human fat? Well, unfortunately, it seems like a lot of people. It can be used in medicine and in beauty products, in lubricants for machinery, and some even believe that it's used to grease church bells and for holy candles. Apparently, it can also be sold as cucharones, which is fried belly or pork rinds, which is also pretty gross, although if they're actual pork rinds, that sounds delicious. Okay, so how do you kill it? Well, considering it's not got many powers, the best way is of course not to go alone, but to just chop its head off. However, best course of action is to prevent rather than cure, So avoid those places after dark, and you should be fine. But if it is threatening the village you live in, I guess you can go and chop its head off. I do also just want to talk about a potential modern media myth you've seen with this monster. If you've ever watched Supernatural, you might remember this monster, and you might remember that it has a massive proboscis style tongue, and it sucks the fat out of people. There are very, 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 very limited sources on that in the actual folklore, so I do have to tell you that Supernatural is lying to you. They do not have those in reality, and they cannot give you that cupping therapy with an extra side of liposuction. Now, on to etymology. The word pishtaco comes from the Quechuan word pishtay, which means to behead, cut the throat, or cut into slices. However, this is the Spanish word for the monster, it's actually called Pishtaku in the native Quechuan. There are other names for the Pishtaku across the two countries though, such as the Nakak or To Butcher in Quechuan, Karisiri or To Cut With A Knife or Razor in Amaran, which is another native language in Bolivia, or there's also Likichiri or Fat Remover also in Bolivia but Quechuan. An interesting etymology this week, I think. I love it when they have extra names too, I find that so interesting. Now, the history of this monster is super in-depth and super interesting, so I really hope you're ready for this. The first mention of the Pishtako was written all the way back in 1574, however I will stress that this was the first written mention. We don't actually know how long it was spread through word of mouth before this first though a bit of historical context in this area at the time. The Spanish invaded the Andes in the 16th century, specifically in 1523, and finally conquered these regions in 1572, where the Incan Empire was obliterated and the conquistadors then reigned, introducing the Spanish language and European culture to the native people of the Andes, and actually most of the rest of South America. Of course, many natives were imprisoned, held in slavery, sent away for slavery, raped, murdered, all of the above unfortunately, so trust between the two nations in our first mention of the Pichaco was very strained and very limited. So in 1574, two years after the invasion, it was the priest Cristobal de Molina and he found that the indigenous people of the Andes believed that the Spanish invaders killed the Andeans for their fat, as they believed it was a cure for a specific disease. Unfortunately, this is actually true. The Spanish did kill natives for their fat in these times, to treat wounds from battles, or to even lubricate their cannons, because all of their normal lubricants would have dried up in the humidity of the Andean heat. And that belief, unfortunately, that human fat could be useful all of these, didn't end until the 1800s, 300 years later. So you can see how rife it was in the European culture. However, prior to this, within the Incan civilization, human fat was a prized commodity. They even had a deity, Viracocha, whose name translates into sea of fats, that reigned over it. And of course we know that the Incans took part in human sacrifice and general body horror for their gods and rituals. And it is a sign of health, beauty and good life in the culture to be fat or at least to be larger. And so to hunt natives for it was a real fear and it was made real by the invading Spanish. And we also know that the Pishtaco would usually take men usually in their procreation stages in their lives, so younger men or middle-aged men, meaning they would be taking away strength and power from the natives and literally use them for their enemies. The natives feared the Spanish so much that even when the missionaries came to try and convert them to Christianity very innocently, the natives were convinced that they use human fat to make their church bells more sonorous or ring louder in plain English but it's still believed in some areas today that jet engines and sugar mills need a bit of human fat to get started. Now the Pish Taco did make other appearances throughout history, such as in 1621, they were written about in relation to a vampire myth of the Kachu, who preyed on children and would use the same bone powder spell and suck out blood through the victim's fingernails. There was also a hospital started in 1700 by some Israeli friars who were then rumoured to be pishakos, which upholds the priest-slash-friar appearance of them sometimes in their clothing. This has actually gone on in modern times as well, with Andean communities actively rejecting food aid from the US because they believed that they were trying to fatten up their children and then exploit them for their fat and natives have also attacked geologists and archaeologists believing that they're pishtakos whilst they work, as well as anthropologists not being able to continue work in the area, as natives believe measurements of fat folds were included in their study. So even in these modern times, we can still see how this myth is upheld, and there's still so much animosity between the natives and foreigners because of this myth. Natives do tend to stay away from landowners, priests, or those involved with development projects or industrial work, as well as tourists for fear that they are pushtakos, especially if they are white. And many aid workers and scientists have been driven away by natives due to rumours of them being these monsters too. So it definitely still is a problem, so to say, especially for scientists going out and doing studies on the geography of the region too. Most interestingly though, there are two modern events linked to pishtacos. In 1987, there was a massive rumour that the president of Peru had dispatched 5,000 Pushtacos to the Ayacucho region of Peru to account for Peru's foreign debt. And instead of paying this in money, he was going to pay it in fat. Which is pretty disgusting. But the biggest most recent event was in 2009, where the police chief of Peru claimed that a Pishtaco gang were responsible for over 60 deaths in the region of Huanuco, where the fat of the bodies had been dripped over candles into Inca-Cola bottles, which is a local brand. He claimed that the fat was sold for $15,000 a litre to European cosmetic companies, but it actually turned out that he lied about everything, including those 60 deaths, and he was just trying to cover up some extrajudicial murders around the same time by his police force. Typical. Lastly, I just want to tell you some facts about Human Fat, because it's relevant to this discussion, and you can make your own judgement about this monster and the myth surrounding it, especially its usage of fat. So Human Fat has a decomp time of about 30 minutes, and is only able to be reused by the original person, as fat will reject if it's put into someone else's body whose genetic makeup is not the same. So even I couldn't donate fat to, say, my sister or my brother, because it's not got the same genetic makeup. So you couldn't donate fat to your friend or your family, it is very specific to you. So the value of it is pretty limited. It's not worth being donated, and it can really only be used for those extra things that we've noted, like greasing things, realistically. Especially using it on wounds would not be a good idea, as it could lead to massive infection, but we know back in the 1500s, that was certainly an issue. Was it worth it for the pushtaco to just eat it? Maybe, not sure. Of course, no one can deny the connection of this monster and the colonisation of the Andes region, and actually the rest of South America. Considering the monster is a white foreigner too, it is far too telling that this is a cautionary tale of the time, to stay away from these conquistadors and their kind, which seems completely fair based on their fat-boiling murders on the battlefield. We can also look at the sick and then dying version of this myth too, so if they've escaped the pishtaco, and this makes sense because the Spanish introduced all of their diseases when they invaded, such as typhoid, smallpox and the flu when they came over to the Andes and South America. And with such limited immune systems and exposure to these viruses, natives were massively more at risk and of course we saw massive pandemics in these times. Now the only real mythical comparison we have is vampires. I couldn't find any other fat-sucking monsters from anywhere culturally. But it's certainly a different take on the vampire myth, and you are still stealing a life essence of such. And because of the cultural significance of body fat and human fat within the Incan civilization, we can certainly see it as something as important as blood. There are vampires too within this part of the world, such as the Kachu that I mentioned earlier, So this one just kind of exists in its own bubble and you can certainly see why with the historical and cultural context from these areas that this monster exists. And it certainly is unique in that sense too, so I'm really glad we got to cover it. Now onto modern media, I've not found anything bar an episode of Supernatural for this one, so I've gone with parasitic monster media this week. For art though, you can have a look at Pistaku which is a Peruvian retablo, or folk art, for an actual piece. Otherwise, it's independent art for this one, and I'm really sorry for the gross stuff you might find. They are quite graphic, even that retablo is really quite graphic, so prepare yourself if you're going to Google these. In movies, we have The Bay, The Mummy, Venom, The Ruins, Sputnik, The Thing, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and Growth. For TV, we have Babylon 5, Star Trek, Ultraman Z, Earth Final Conflict, Supernatural, Primeval, The Expanse and Stranger Things. In video games, we have ones such as Resident Evil 4 and 5, Starcraft, Skies of Arcadia, The Last of Us, Endoparasitic, Destiny, Baldur's Gate 3 and Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri. And my book recommendation this week is Elements of Folklore by Efrain Marote Best for some really in depth coverage of this legend and actually one that is local too. Or Cholas and Pishtakos, Stories of Race and Sex in the Andes by Mary Weissmantle for a wider summary of Andes folklore too. But now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? Unfortunately no, and it's an easy one for me because I really think the monsters in these stories are just very sadly very human. It seems like this monster was created from the true monsters in history and in human form and is almost a trauma response to this historical genocide, but it was an incredibly tough time to be an in Incan and we can see that from all of the history surrounding this monster. With stories like this, you can see the effect the colonisation and invasion had on the local natives, and how long these stories have prevailed for within their cultures. And I totally get it, I would be really scared of that too. And especially all of the diseases Europeans brought over would have just totally devastated the population, and we can see that looking at the Spanish flu as well. I covered more of the Spanish invasion in my La Llorona episode a few years ago, a monster who equally had a colonially traumatic creation from the same time and place, and it is super fascinating, but a very sad part of history. I've never been to South America or Central America, if we're not counting the Caribbean, but the folklore and history from these places are just incredible, and I'd really love to spend some time discovering that myself, although I will make sure to stay away from dark paths at night, because... Lord knows I've got a few rolls myself. But what do you think? Did the Pishtaco hunt around the Andes for native fat? Let me know on Twitter. I would really love to know what you think about this one. This monster is definitely on par with Slenderman in my books. A super cool one with such an interesting history too, as well as being an urban legend that realistically has endured to this day. Although I will say I stand by it's pretty gross. Next week, we are heading not over to a place, but to a religion, which is always super interesting. We are looking into a monster from the Islamic religion, the Shaitan. Stay far away from these demonic messengers next Thursday. For now though, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk, and you can find us on Good Pods, Buy Me A Coffee, and Patreon, if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, and I'll see you later, Bye.